Talk Back Matters. Well, I start to feel like Superman. Then I pick a fight. Only to find that my opponent holding kryptonite. Today, he's a mild-mannered radio announcer. But ten years ago, Damien's life of criminal activity and self-destructive behaviour just continued to escalate to a point where he'd premeditated a heinous crime, which, uh, if he survived it, would have put him behind bars for life. But Providence intervened at the very last moment. Damien shares his story with one of our team members, Lauren. I was heavily involved with drugs. I was an alcoholic. I was very violent. I was involved with a lot of crime as well. Um, not small scale stuff though, a lot of robberies and safes, high, high end cash jobs. And I enjoyed that dangerous lifestyle. I was also a, a commercial fisherman. Um, and that sort of lifestyle, you're allowed to drink and smoke and swear and fight and be the worst person on the planet and get away with it because there's no responsibility there. The adrenaline of the uncertainty, I enjoyed the violence, I enjoyed intimidating people because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, tall, I'm a tall bloke and um, I, I'd use that to bully people too. But it was, it was lonely because um, being that violent all the time and unpredictable, you didn't have a lot of true friends around you. So it was at the end of my rope, I was very depressed, um, my relationship was broken down. I, I decided I'd go into a police station with a loaded shotgun and take a few police officers out with me and hopefully get shot, shot dead. When I went into the police station, I drew my shotgun, a sawn-off shotgun, on a police officer. He went to grab his service revolver and he dropped it on the ground, and that never happens. Police officers don't drop their guns, especially when someone's pointing one at them. And I didn't want to shoot him with an unarmed police officer, like I wasn't that horrible. So I turned the gun on myself and it jammed. But that's the point where I think God stepped in. In hindsight, I think God said, okay, things are going to start getting different now. So I was tackled, arrested and taken off to court, off to jail. God's obviously got a plan for you here. Yeah. In this world. I used to think I was invincible because I... You know, I'd, I'd, I've been lost at sea, like I've fallen over the side of a trawler in a storm in the night time and I was found. Um, I've been thrown out of a, a moving car after I'd overdosed. I've been shot at, I've been stabbed, been bashed and put in hospital. I've tried killing myself. I've tried hanging myself. I've tried overdosing myself. I've tried drinking myself to death. And I, and I did, I thought, I, I can't die. I, just, I honestly thought that I, I was invincible. But in hindsight, it was God's hand on my life saying, you know, I've got something better in store for you. I don't want you dead. So you went to jail. You should have gone to jail for a long, long time. Mm. You wanted to kill police officers. So yeah. what happened there? That was another strange turn of events. After about three months, I was taken into court uh, for some other matters as well and I was released from court. They paroled me from court in the clothes that I was wearing and they just put me out on the street, um, which was bizarre. I thought, I was really paranoid at this stage. I thought they were you know, letting me out and then I'll say I've escaped or something and I'm 
then they'll shoot me or I know if my, my mind was going 100 miles an hour and I, I kept drinking heavily after I was released from court. I didn't know anyone in this, in this new city that I was in, you know. Um, I drank heavily. Uh, I, I drank anything to get my hands on, you know, metho, cheap wine. If it wouldn't make me drunk, I'd drink it. Now I'd, I'd take seizures. I was, I'd take a seizure and someone would find me and call an ambulance. And I'd end up in hospital, they'd detox me. And I'd get released and I'd just keep drinking, you know, because I didn't care. And after one of my benders, I was walking along the strand, along the beach here, the beachfront. And there was this guy who had this sign that said, Jesus questions answered here. And I wanted to punch him. I wanted to knock his lights out because I thought, really? Who has a sign <laughs> like that? It just, it, it just annoyed me, probably because all the guilt and the shame and whatever that was inside me had just bristled up against this guy that was, he was completely harmless. And so I went to talk to him and ask him if Jesus was real. And he said, the queen, who is real, only has one public holiday a year, but Jesus has three, so you decide if he's real. I actually sat down and chatted with the guy. I'd lost my shirt the night before. I didn't have uh, any shoes on. And he asked me to go to church with him. And I said, there's no way I was going to church. I wasn't dressed for church, what my idea of church was. And I remember him taking his shirt off and giving me some thongs. So he was dressed worse than I was. And he asked me again, he said, do you want to come to church with me? And that spoke volumes to me. I thought, this guy's legit. So I did, I went, and that was on the 19th of October, 2003. And of course, when I went there, the message was, a salvation message. If you've got nothing to lose, if your life's a mess, if you're at the end of your rope, why not try Jesus? And that was all I needed. That was all the prompting I needed. And I, I did make that decision. When they asked if I'd like to receive Jesus, go out the front and the guy next to me patted me on the shoulder. He goes, would you like me to pray with you? I said, if you touch me again, they're going to have to pray for you. <laughs> I was just so nasty. And what I did, I went out the front and I, I did, I surrendered because I didn't have anything to lose. I, I really didn't. And the only way I can describe it is like someone had an icy cold bucket of water and they tipped it over me, but on the inside. And just that chill and freshness and like, I felt clean. And it's been hard over the past years to, you know, I've struggled with alcohol and drugs still, but I got in touch with the Salvos. Um, I ended up going through the bridge program. And I'd like to say that I did the bridge program and graduated and never touched drugs and alcohol again, but I didn't. I went back and did a, a relapse prevention course for another three months. And while I was there, I went to TAFE did some drug and alcohol, I got qualified as a drug and alcohol caseworker. I started working shifts at the Salvos. And I've been employed by the Salvos up until a couple of years ago when I started working for the local Christian radio station. 
um, I've been asked, invited to speak to some of the young detainees out at the detention centre as well. Um, I'm looking forward to that and just showing them that you know you can change. You don't have to stay stuck in that lifestyle. Just last week, in the last week, um, I received a phone call, and the last guy that was still alive in our crew, apart from myself, from my old crew, um, he was bashed to death in prison. Every every member of our old gang, our old crew, um, they've all either been shot, overdosed, died from alcohol poisoning, been murdered in jail, hung themselves, you know, committed suicide. And I've got no doubt that if I'd have stayed in that lifestyle, that's where I would have ended up to. I'd be dead for sure if I hadn't, uh, hadn't turned to God. Well, I start to feel like Superman Then I pick a fight That was 10 years ago for Damien. Today he is a mild-mannered radio announcer with a real hope for his future, and he shares his story with others to give them hope as well. Remember, if you need help, you can always call the Salvation Army nearest to you. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.